The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're glad to have you tuned in today to another one of our great shows. You best have your pen and paper ready as we're going to be talking about remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so, with that being said, we have our host on the line, Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Forsberg. How are you today, Philip? Well, sir, how are you? I'm doing fine, and uh, it's time to start the show, and uh, we're ready to go. If Everybody's got their pen and paper ready, and uh, we've got our resident historian on the line that's going to answer some questions for us today. So with that being said, how do you look at uh, what do you see going on in the Middle East right now, Philip? The wars were The doors were jammed Well, you know, we have a, a, a terrorist attack on uh, an ally of ours. Uh, you know, their, their constitution is different than ours, but they generally uh, value the same freedoms that are uh, valued in our country. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, of course, our strongest ally in the region. A very volatile region and a very strategically important region. <clears throat> so, uh, I, I, that they have every right to defend themselves and they ought to, uh, and I don't see any way around the utter destruction of, uh, Hamas and to that better Hezbollah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, I think they have every right to defend themselves. And what did you think of, uh, we've had 20 attacks on us on the U.S. bases. And uh, what did you think of the response to that? Uh, well, we're going to continue to have uh, attacks against our people when, when we have a uh, track record of putting our uh, weakness on display and timidity. Um, certainly people who are willing to, uh, <clears throat> murder unarmed civilians and, and rape and, uh, behead people who are, uh, at a uh, festival, <clears throat> they're not squeamish about violence, but, uh, uh, so <clears throat> we need to be not squeamish about it and, uh, allow the, uh, Israelis to do what they need to do. But <clears throat> for a long time, uh, well, for his entire administration, our current president has displayed both uh, naivete, ignorance, corruption, and weakness, and uh, you get what you pay for. And so uh, he's paid for this sort of aggression against us, and so uh, it's all paid in full. And we can expect nothing less. And more of it. Until we stand up and do something. Uh, you know, because of your history and your knowledge of history, and this is something that has really bothered uh, us here at America's Web Radio, is the uh, anti-Semitism and the showing of the students at universities around the country of support of the Palestinians. And... You know, uh, Brett and I were talking about this that, uh, I can remember and you'll, if you can, if you will, clarify some of my dates, but I can remember, I think it was in the sixties that there was quite a surge of anti-Semitic activity and that was squelched and basically just sort of died and went away and we didn't hear much about uh, anti-Semitism and now all of a sudden it has raised its ugly head again and 
what do you think? It's just because of the uh, attack on Israel or Israel's response? Or why has it come back in such a full force? Well, uh, you know, at, at the heart of, uh, of the current anti-Semitism, I believe, is, is a full-on anti-Americanism. Um, you know, uh, for instance, Iran will call Israel the little Satan and the United States is the great Satan. So <clears throat> they, uh, <clears throat> they want to, um, oppose us because of our, especially our religious tolerance and, uh, our, uh, our freedom and the fact that, uh, we don't put up with their, uh, Islamic jihad, uh, and so <clears throat> you gotta, uh, to understand <clears throat> the root of all the power behind uh, Hamas behind Hezbollah and is state-sponsored uh, terrorism coming from Iran. Iran, uh, they had a um, a uh, revolution in uh, 1979, and just like the Bolsheviks in uh, the Soviet Union, the uh, these uh, Islamic radicals basically hijacked the revolution and seized power and uh and so now they have a a system whereby uh they can they'll never be challenged for power uh and they they rule with a theocracy with this uh 7th century political system and um and so they they want to promote that throughout the world that's how they hang on to power. And, you know, what we really need to do, uh, rather than the United States getting involved in, uh, in Israel or Gaza or the Golan Heights, uh, just to allow the Israelis to work that. And, uh, <clears throat> we need to affect regime change in Iran. And, uh, the sooner we deal with this, the better. The, the people of Iran, uh, by and large, do not support their government. Uh, I know uh, I have friends from there who, you know, when they left, the uh, great fortunes of theirs were stolen by the regime. Uh, and, you know, just an anecdote, <clears throat> um, in November 2011, I spent pretty much the whole month of, uh, November in Dubai. And, uh, when I was getting ready to leave the hotel and go to the airport to go home, uh, I got on the hotel van. And, uh, when I, as I got on, there were two women, uh, young women, probably in their twenties, uh, on a bench uh, behind me. And they were obviously in uh, some sort of Islamic uh, dress. They had the head coverings and all. And <clears throat> wanting to be respectful of uh, of them, uh, I, you know, I didn't want to uh, uh, make small talk with uh, attractive young women, as is my habit. So uh, I just kind of minded my own business and faced forward. <clears throat> we didn't go very far in our little trip toward the airport when they started uh, kind of pounding on the on the seat behind me and saying, you know, trying to engage me. And they said, sir, sir, where are you from? And so I said, well, I turned around. I said, I'm from the United States. And they said, oh, we're from Iran. And uh, I, I guess they were there on some sort of vacation or shopping trip or something. It's not very far from Iran and uh, so I I didn't know what to say so I said well, I understand it's a very beautiful country and I do understand it's a beautiful country you know you can go people go snow skiing there and uh, there are lakes and uh, you know uh, prior to 1979 it was the most western westernized uh, nation in, in that region and, and the people were 
very good friends with the uh, with Americans, but uh, so I said I understand it's a very beautiful country, and uh, they offered without without any solicitation on my part. They said we just want you to know that we hate our government, and I didn't know what to say to that. So I just said, "Well, I hope that one day you can have a, a government that you don't hate." But uh, the, the people in Iran are ripe for uh, regime change. And uh, during the Obama administration, it was a golden opportunity to affect that, but um, that was completely missed. Miss Hannell, like most things, can they go, in your opinion, can they go from bad to better? And do, how how do they perform getting rid of the current regime and putting in a new one? Um, you know, that's the business of uh, strategic planners. Um, and uh, <clears throat> the... Uh, the strategic planners, you know, it could be by direct intervention by the United States. It could be by um, uh, supporting the, uh, the uh, opposition factions within the country. Uh, but, you know, this is the kind of dirty little secrets that go on uh, that uh, most uh, civilians and people outside of government are not privy to. And in your heart of hearts, do you think this will happen? Um, Not under this administration. This administration is is weak-minded. And, you know, I think I've made my point uh, numerous times on this show that... uh, I believe that the, uh, the the Biden administration is completely uh, in the pocket of the communist Chinese, and uh, Iran being Southwest Asia, and uh, China viewing itself as the hegemon of all of Asia, uh, they would not permit that, and uh, so they'll they'll do everything. And they're probably at the heart of all the appeasement that's gone on with. Uh, with the Biden administration to this point, especially the uh, lifting of sanctions so they could sell oil to the Chinese. Um, the, uh, <clears throat> they have uh, they have thoroughly enriched the current uh, state sponsor of terrorism in, in Tehran uh, through the sale of uh, petroleum to to. Chinese communists. So you can look actually for this to be this current conflict to be something to try to entangle the United States uh, that will allow the Chinese to uh, execute a play to to take Taiwan. Um, The problem the Chinese military has is that uh, they're very, very corrupt organization, and, and that brings inefficiencies, and, uh... Yeah, uh, of course, it, it sounds uh, like our White House, very, very corrupt. Right. Uh, and, of course, our own Department of Defense now is completely distracted with utterly foolish things like climate change and, uh, white supremacy. Uh, climate change and white supremacy are the, the big monsters that our Department of Defense is, uh, focused on uh, and you know if I were trying to uh, destroy the United States that's exactly where I would point uh, our uh, the efforts and priorities of the United States combating white supremacy and climate change and we don't have the bullets to back anything that we do 
back anything up. We've, uh, you know, I've never seen an administration try so hard to destroy a company, a country as Biden's has with the U.S. Uh, depleting our oil reserves down to nothing was about as stupid as you could get until he depleted our military supplies down to nothing. And, uh, you know, our oil situation, uh, well, everything that this administration has said in one way or the other has turned out to be a lie. Uh, They should get the prize for lying administrations. We don't have a problem with oil. We don't need any more wells. Just think of it when Trump was in office. We were self-sufficient with the wells that we have right at this moment. We have a delivery problem, and that's because Biden shut off the oil pipelines. We still have the oil. We still have the we still have the pumps, and they're pumping, I know. They just can only pump so much and deliver so much because we don't have the, the oil lines because Biden has shut them down. And for us to buy and import oil is about as crazy as you can get until we look at our military situation. And to admit to the world that we are short of military supplies. The only thing that outdid that dumb move was when they put the pictures of our operatives in the newspaper. These guys swore like we did allegiance to the United States, and then their picture shows up in the newspaper of all the dumb moves. And your comment, Phil? Um, yeah, it's been a string of events that uh, have caused the weakening of our, not only our uh, military efficiency but and confidence, but also um, uh, have, has eroded our uh, uh Credibility with our ally, and um, <clears throat> you know it's a it's a pretty bad thing when your uh, adversaries do not fear you and your allies do not trust you. But that's where we find ourselves these days. You know, going back in memory, my memory, even at the worst of times, even with Carter and. We still had some international respect, not due to the things Carter did necessarily, but we still had some respect. And I don't know of a country in the world that respects the U.S. anymore. And they certainly don't respect Biden. And, you know, I hope people are waking up to the fact that There's no reason to have $4 a gallon gasoline. There's no reason to have the prices in the grocery store that we have. And all of this can be changed by getting rid of Biden. And we need to do that in 2024. Elect a president that can lead and not lead from behind, which Biden can't even do that. He doesn't even know how to push or shove. So we've got to change our regime just like if we have time, just like Iran has to change theirs. And uh, I'm concerned about China sit, sitting on the sideline, North Korea and Iran, and as well as the Soviet Union sitting on the sideline just waiting to make a move. Um We have given so much to Ukraine and depleted our military supplies as well. Um, 
to have a victory, we're going to have to remember Desert Shield and Desert Storm to keep something like that in our minds. Well, we did have a great advantage in uh, Desert Shield and Desert Storm that uh, we don't seem to have now. Um, <clears throat> we had just uh, completed a complete modernization of our uh, armed forces. We uh, And then, of course, we had a friendly nation in Saudi Arabia to uh, give us uh, a staging area to deploy roughly a half a million of our troops. Uh, we, and Saddam gave us uh, several months to accumulate and marshal this uh, army uh, right, you know, right before him and, uh, and then allowed us uh, for a number of months to collect information on his positions and distribution of, of troops, and uh, <clears throat> and then uh, we were able to uh, you know launch the attack uh, specifically on our time. We were fighting essentially on. We didn't really have much in the way of uh, military operations on urbanized terrain, like the uh, Israelis are facing now in Gaza. Um, so we basically had a blackboard to fight on and, uh, we had an army that we had modernized to go toe to toe with the Ruskies in nuclear combat. And, uh, and so that was our last great, uh, force on force, um, battle. And, uh, it was really very, very foolish of Saddam to think that we wouldn't or couldn't do what, what we did in very short order there. So if we were going to effect regime change in uh, Iran uh, through a direct action like that, then uh, we would probably have to mass our troops in uh, Iraq um, and uh, of course there's a long coastline along the Gulf uh, where we could do amphibious assaults um, and then uh, we did have <clears throat> we did have a good way to uh, hem them in uh, to the east with Afghanistan but of course uh, um, the President of the United States decided to cut and run from there and give up our advantage so uh, this could be quite messy if we were to try to take out Iran uh, with uh, with direct action. Is there and well, there is no easy answer, is there? No, we do uh, we do have some allies. You know, uh, I don't know if uh, NATO forces uh, are anything speak of um, there might you know if we had a, a president that uh, could build a coalition the way George H.W. Bush did uh, that might be something but uh, I would think we're pretty much alone in this um, you know a lot, a lot of the countries in Europe are, are terrified uh, to do anything because the uh, vast numbers of uh Islamo terrorists they have uh, uh, welcomed into their countries and of course you can look for um, saboteurs and sleeper cells uh, to be throughout the United States now uh, because of uh, the open borders uh, uh, policy that's been pursued by uh, this current administration I, I wish I had something really encouraging to say. Well, uh, why don't we let people think about what you've said, and we'll take a break, and we'll be back with Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm in just a minute, right after this. Are you a veteran of Desert Shield or Desert Storm? We do a show for you every Monday at 1 p.m. on veteran-owned, americaswebradio.com. 
If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back on Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And, you know, Phil, I, I made a mistake going into the show this morning. And uh, there is one portion of it I can clean up at this point. And that is, and I think it needs to be cleaned up, we always start our military shows off with a silent prayer. And all the times that we can use that would be right now. And uh, praying for Israel and the IDF to be able to handle their job and the U.S. to be able to handle its job. And uh, so we're going to take just one minute and... Uh, all be together on the same page. on America's Web Radio and with Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Forsberg and the show is Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm and I'm afraid that uh, with what's going on right now we're going to more than remember them in the near future. Phil, what, what would you suspect and I agree with you that with our open border We've all but given them Oreo cookies as they come in. And we may have done that for all I know. But what what is a cell going to look like in the U.S.? Uh, well, I would say these sleeper cells are probably uh, uh, somewhere between two and five uh, military-aged Muslim men. Uh, single, uh, living together, um, and, uh, probably, uh, worshiping at, uh, some Islamic centers that, uh, are, um, what you would call Wahhabi, uh, which is a sect that believes in violence to spread Islam, uh, or you may find that they are, um, uh, uh, Shia Muslims as they are in Iran um, and they're probably uh, working at uh, some menial jobs or maybe not even working because they're being financially supported from abroad um, this, this is what we saw in the in the 9-11 attackers um, <clears throat> And they may, uh, knowing that they're going to uh, be uh, suicide attackers, they may be uh, indulging themselves in uh, in things that are uh, taboo for uh, for uh, observant Muslims. So, um, you know, uh, it's. Uh, you know, you're not going to know until until it's too late. That, that's the idea of this uh, asymmetric warfare. And, you know, 
So people throw that term around, asymmetric warfare. Um, you know, what does it mean? It means you're, you're taking an advantage, uh, so that, for instance, you can bring down, uh, a wide body jet or a skyscraper or both with, uh, with just a box cutter, right? It's, it's looking for vulnerabilities in the system. Um, you know, uh, a, a guy driving a dynamite truck into a, um, in, into a checkpoint as we had that just passed the 40th anniversary of the Beirut barracks bombing. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I, I want you to understand people, people want to wonder what, you know, what would make somebody you know, strap on a, a dynamite vest and go uh, kill himself like that. Um, the uh, typically, it, it, what we've seen in Iraq and Afghanistan is this: that uh, the bad guys, the uh, <clears throat> you know, the, the anti-American forces, will come to a man who's got a family. And he'll show up at home one day and find the bad guys in his living room. And they'll have his wife and his children. And they'll say to him, look, here's what you're going to do. You're going to strap on this vest or you're going to drive this truck full of explosives. And you're going to go and kill yourself. And if you do, we will, um, we'll provide a, uh, a retirement, a stipend, uh, an annuity for your wife and your children, your widow and your children, you know, for the rest of their lives. But if you refuse to do it, then, you know, we're going to rape and kill your wife and children in front of you before we kill you. So that's where you get the, the, the these people who seem so uh, determined to... Uh, to do harm to themselves in order to do harm to our forces. So it's a, it's a really sick mentality. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that's your asymmetric warfare. Is there anything that me as a civilian, uh, and I, I do try to keep my eyes open to my surroundings, but, I live in a relatively quiet neighborhood that uh, not many houses change hands over a period of time, so I don't feel that my area is necessarily a target for these folks, but if I were to live in a, an apartment situation or in a uh, different type subdivision, is there anything as a civilian I should look for and and do I need to report that? Well, um, you know, you should always be vigilant and always uh, uh, report things that you see. Um, you know, I uh, I can recall calling nine one 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 time. I was driving through Midtown Atlanta, and I saw a car with uh, four Middle Eastern looking men being driven. I noticed the license plates were uh, from Texas and they were uh, it's a Texas truck and yet the vehicle was a sedan and so I called that in I don't know whatever may have come of that but you know that's the kind of thing it's like I mean you and I have both lived in Texas for a while and you know some some uh, some states will say commercial vehicle or whatever on on their license plate. In Texas, it just says truck. And when it's obviously not a truck, then it's obviously not the license plate that was assigned to that vehicle. Um, so that's the kind of thing you can look out for, and and uh, you know you. you uh, uh, if you live in a state that, uh, allows you to exercise your freedom 
to uh, carry uh, a firearm uh, on your person, then uh, I would suggest now is a good time. If you've gone ahead and met the requirements for uh, concealed carry or whatever uh, is the law in your state, um, you should consider it your duty uh, to carry from time to time. Uh, and he goes, you know, you have to be careful. <clears throat> You're not allowed. You can, for instance, in Georgia, you can uh, carry a firearm on your person uh, in a uh, in an establishment that uh, serves alcohol. Well, it's not the primary uh, business, for instance, a, you know, a restaurant that that has a liquor license. But uh, at the same time, you, if, you're, if you are carrying, you're not permitted to be consuming alcohol. So you have to be careful about that. You, you, you can't carry at uh, certain public events, uh, certainly not political events. Um, and, it, you know, in uh, public schools, um, you're not allowed to, to carry. So, you, you know, you should become familiar with the laws that, uh, that govern, uh, that, but when you are in a position to do so, when you carry, you are part of the, uh, the militia, the posse comitatus, if you will. Uh, and, uh, you know, if more people had felt that way, uh, in, uh, up in Lewiston and Lisbon, Maine, um, then somebody might have been able to stop, uh, this Robert Card fellow before he, uh, killed a lot of people. I did notice that, uh, the news media loved calling him, uh, an army reservist and a, uh, uh, and a firearms instructor. Uh, I don't know to what level he was certified as a firearms instructor, uh, likely not in any military capacity, uh, unless he maybe at one point was uh, detailed to uh, conduct a, a range firing. But, uh, and I don't know, you know, it made, <clears throat> the news reports made it sound like this fellow was, was Rambo or something, in fact. He'd never been deployed uh, for combat in his uh, years of service in the uh, Army Reserve, and, and his military occupational specialty was fuel handler. Uh, so, not exactly your um, your snake eater or your your frontline troops. Uh, just a very disturbed individual, and. Uh, but you know the news media liked to hype the fact that he was he was uh, a white man and an army reservist. Therefore, uh, you can expect calls to, to disarm all uh, white military veterans. And, and as always, the weapon walked in and did it by itself. So we should do away with all our on the street because they're capable of walking into a bowling alley and shooting it up. Well, you know, there are a lot of things other than, um, you know, a firearm that are capable of doing mass damage to people. Uh, you know, uh, your car, for instance, uh, can be used as a deadly weapon. Um, well, let me let me know, ask yeah. you how how close do you think we are to some of these sleeper cells coming out from their rattles? You'll know it when it happens uh, if it's if it's coordinated from Tehran, which I imagine it, it may be, if not from uh, Beijing. You can expect, uh, when it appears that, uh, that Joe Biden is not going to be reelected, uh, I, I would anticipate that's when they would launch them. Uh, and so, um, 
I, but I think they don't want to do anything that might jeopardize his reelection, uh, which I'm hoping that by now Americans have awoken to the reality that uh, electing him the first time was a very foolish move. I hope you're right. I uh, I don't know how much confidence I have in that. I don't have a. I'm a. I'm pretty cynical about our voter, and uh, you know, particularly from the standpoint that they don't get their information right, and our media doesn't turn out the information right. So we're sort of in a catch twenty two of. Getting the yeah, folks. our media is pretty shameful, you know, the fact that uh, they've come out and uh, made these, uh, you know, they parroted these ideas that uh, that the Israelis had fired a rocket that had hit a Palestinian hospital in uh, Gaza and had killed 500 when, in fact, um, nothing of the sort had happened. It was Islamic Jihad. Uh, missile that uh, was the substandard, probably uh, Iranian produced, if not Chinese or North Korean, and uh, likely. Uh, <clears throat> uh, well, anyway, and I think you know, maybe five or six people had been killed by it. Uh, but of course, the New York Times immediately uh, announced that uh, Israel had massacred all these innocent Palestinians in a hospital. It's the same kind of thing. You know, you can recall uh, anything during the Vietnam War uh, was, was reported in such a way as to make U.S. forces look as bad as possible. That I remember. And, you know, this is Something that I, I just, I can't stomach is that we live in the greatest nation in the world and instead of building it up, why in the world do people want to tear it down when we should be supporting our military that much more? We should be supporting our police that much more and our first responders that much more. And when you've got an idiot that stands up and says and starts yelling that we don't need weapons that can hold a hundred rounds in the chamber. Then we know we got a real problem. He doesn't know his rifle from a peanut shooter. Yeah. Um, you know, there are certain things you can, uh, you can tell, um, for instance, uh, we had a congressman here who was representing my district, and he was generally pretty sound, but there was something, maybe maybe it was that uh, Sandy Hook thing in uh, Connecticut, or I, I don't know what particular incident precipitated him to say this. He said, well, you don't need a magazine that holds 10 rounds in order to do, you know, target shooting or, you know, practice or sports shooting or something like that. Because it completely uh, misunderstands the purpose of the Second Amendment. The purpose of the Second Amendment is uh, is actually contained in the preamble of that Second Amendment where it talks about a well-regulated militia. And the point of it is that firearms are to be uh, kept and born by our civilian population specifically because of their military significance. Um, so uh, it's just, just foolishness you hear. Um, but it's just it's a shame that uh, that people will do these things and you know and to this point uh, if you are carrying in a lawful manner, and you are thereby uh, policing your own uh, neighborhood, environs, community, uh, then then you're actually 
the solution to one of these problems where somebody who's mentally unstable uh, wants to take advantage and, and hurt people, you can put a stop to it. And uh, so I, you know, I think that's a, that's an important thing that people need to realize that when they do that, they have a responsibility. You know, years ago, uh, when I was an airline pilot, I went to the federal flight deck uh, training, I'm sorry, federal flight deck officer training at the uh, Federal Law Enforcement Training uh, Center. The particular one I went to was in New Mexico. And <clears throat> they were very clear when they told us, you know, a, a group of uh, airline pilots who had volunteered to do this kind of uh, protection of the populace by protecting our cockpit. Um, we, uh, they, they told us there are basically three kinds of people in the world. There are sheep, there are wolves, and there are sheepdogs. And they said, we, we need you to be sheepdogs. We need you to be ever vigilant and ever ready to go into action. The majority of people in America, uh, go uh, through their activities day to day without the slightest idea that danger may be lurking. And then there are others who are just uh, looking for an advantage they can take at, to uh, to cause injury or uh, or death to to innocents. So uh, you know we rely on the sheepdog. And we need more sheepdogs out there. No question about it. And uh, there are, and I'm not going to name names, but I know a lady that's, she has no clue whether it's she's walking in the rain or sunshine, just totally oblivious to her surroundings. And we can't be. We have to know, you have to know what's going on around you. And be aware of it, and if action is needed, be willing to take action. And uh, unfortunately, that's not what we have today. But I don't know whether this will wake people up or not. I thought that uh, 9-11 would have awakened people to uh, the facts of needs, and, uh, and it didn't nor has anything else really awakened people. And we're sitting on the edge, as far as I'm concerned. And like you said, Phil, we don't know when it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And they're going to take advantage, just like you said. If they see that Biden isn't going to win, it'll happen sooner than later. They want as weak uh, milk toast in the White House as they can possibly get, and they've got the the head milk toast in the White House right now. And um, I'm concerned that whether it's in country or in another country, that we're going to be challenged. And that challenge is coming sooner than later, and it will, in my opinion, affect us from coast to coast. And people will be crawling out of woodwork that have snuck into our country illegally, and they will, like a bad dream or or termites, come out of their hole. Which is unfortunate, and uh, you know, but we've got to be aware. We've got to know what's going on around us, and uh, you know, we've got to. In my opinion, we've got to support Israel too, um, and the IDF, Israeli Defense Force. And what they're doing in Gaza, we have to support them. If not, we'll have a world of Gaza, and we'll have a world of Hamas 
all around us. They can't win. We have to put a stop to them. Do you think Israel has enough ump left to stop uh, Hamas? Well, uh, yeah, I do. Uh, and I think uh, the, the enemies of democracy and freedom and republicanism uh, um, will use every means at their disposal to try to thwart them. But uh, my message to the Israelis would be to not be distracted by what you may perceive is happening uh, in the West through through the foolish media. And, you know, for many years, uh, and I, I don't want to, uh, you know, oversimplify or, or excessively generalize, but, uh, you know, a lot of Jews in the U.S. have been, you know, it just solidly in the liberal camp and the, and the progressive camp, and now they find out um that they've just been used by those people who hate them. Uh, as all the progressives, all the Ivy League schools come out with the most horrible uh, support of uh, outright terrorism and barbarism, uh, just, you know, uh, it's a, just a foolish stance that they have taken in the past. You know, everything that pops his ugly head, like the... They, uh, I don't want to call them riots, but uh, these um, things that they've been carrying on at the different schools, uh, anti-Israeli movements and all this, everything that I see comes back down to one people, one one thing, and that's education. Now, they may be educated from the book standpoint, but they're not educated from a life standpoint. And I can't imagine a woman committing herself to be anti-Israeli if she saw some, in fact, really saw, not just clips or not just hearing about it, but really saw in detail some of the grotesque, Things that Hamas has done and did in Israel, and it's beyond belief. And you can't even, you know, I can't even call Hamas human. Uh, their actions were inhumane, and their beliefs are inhumane. And unfortunately, we are out of time. Phil, I appreciate it as always. And uh, good information that you bring us every week. And uh, we'll be back next week with more of Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And I hope the lid has been securely tightened and that we won't be talking about something worse. Bye, David. Bye, Phil. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.